nerds in their desks. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages, we're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. Never apologize for being nerdy. All things geek are up for grabs. Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Hello, Junior Ambassadors, nerds and nerdettes of all ages, and welcome to a super episode of the Nerd Dot Nations podcast. I am your host to still the Northwest Arkansas, NWA, straight out of Compton, Jerry Boots. And yes, you read that title correctly. Could it be possible that two DC-loving nerds are doing an all-Marvel episode? Yep. We are talking about our top five favorite MCU villain performances. But I cannot do it alone. I need my best friend, the queen of Canadian podcasting pipe bombs and fellow DC fan, Miss Melissa Nicholson. Melissa, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. I really think we're catching people off guard by the title of this episode. We're talking Marvel. I know. It's... We don't often talk Marvel, so yeah, I'm sure they're they're gonna be looking at that title and be like, yeah, right. I don't believe you. And then they'll listen and be like, oh. <laughs> well, what well, well, was it? Well, the nerdy misconception nerdy. episode. Mine was, I don't hate Marvel movies. Yes. Some have really been better than others. Well, exactly, and I mean. Yeah, you get that across the board. So you know, not not everything can be good. I mean, it's the kind of with Marvel too. So, but yeah, we had that conversation. So, (laughs) well, and believe it or not, this is actually topical because this is coming out just in time for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yes. So look at us being on top of shit. (laughs) Wow. It's, we haven't been this on top of things since uh, they announced Lady Killer coming out as a film in, or as a show or something on Netflix, and that still hasn't been a thing. <laughs> we were on top of it at the time. <laughs> yeah. Blake, Blake Lively or Netflix saw our download numbers for that episode and like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Yep. I don't think all I don't think all five downloads we're gonna get for this episode is gonna stop the Marvel train from rolling. No. No, I don't think so. But um, yeah, we just decided to do our. It it didn't really have as much to do with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Just it was more the fact that hey, the timing just worked out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I just thought, well, why not, you know, we really haven't touched too much on anything really Marvel, so I thought, well, why not do this one, and, and you know, it'll be kind of fun to do. 
And it, it was fun to create this the list, so. And yeah. if I'm being completely transparent here, uh, even though the movie's gotten universally crapped on, uh, Christian Bale's performance as Gore the God Butcher is what inspired this episode for me. Because of his performance in that film is so fucking awesome. Yeah. It is really good. We may or may not be talking about Christian Bale again later in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well. Yeah, my, my, yeah, it'll be a little different, but basically, yeah. yeah. And and I think we're, you know, making this list, and, and I already know what we're going to have the same of, so there's going to be at least one. Yeah, and we didn't share our list ahead of time, so we would keep the surprise in our relationship and our episode. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> But uh, yeah, next episode we'll have to share our answers ahead of time. But, mm-hmm. but uh, Melissa, why don't you kick us off? So we're only doing our top five because I, I think doing top five was probably hard enough. I probably could have done ten, but oh, that would have been. I haven't watched a lot of Marvel films. I mean, there's well, we joke off off mic that there's what six billion movies and half a billion TV shows to choose from. Oh yeah. So, personally, uh, well, quite honestly, the only criteria for this is this person had to have portrayed a villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, starting with, would it be, is Edward Norton's Hulk considered the beginning of the universe, or is it Iron Man? I think honestly, it's Iron Man. I think, it's Iron Man cause I, I think Hulk was 2009, wasn't it? The Incredible Hulk was 2008. So, so Iron Man, kick it off then. Wait, seriously, Iron Man was seriously Iron Man was 2008 as well. How was that? Huh? So 2008 officially kicked off the MCU. So either the Hulk or. Iron Man kicked it off on all the way up until now. So that was pretty much our only criteria. They had to play a Marvel villain connected to the universe between 2008 and now. Yeah. Because everything's tied in because reasons. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But of course, well, not everything became part of the universe until recently, so... Fortunately, like Deadpool doesn't count. X-Men don't count because they were not part of the continuity until now. Yeah, exactly. But, um, huh. Let's watch you kick us off. Do you have any honorable mentions? I do. Um, my honorable mentions, and I have... I've got four of them, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look at me go. <laughs> For a woman a couple of days ago, didn't have any. Came out with a lot pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps when you refresh your brain on all the MCU villains. I was like, oh yeah, I really like that one. I like that one, that one, and that one. And I, I'd be, I could have gone on for much longer, but I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna, yeah, 
<laughs> not that I not that I said I was going to pick four, but just kept it that you know kept the number small on this one. Um. Anyway, my honorable mentions um are uh, Whiplash or Ivan Vanko, uh, Kaikilius from Doctor Strange, uh, Justin Hammer from Iron Man Two, and Gore the God Butcher. <laughs> well. I can definitely say there's two on that list I'm not ready to talk about yet. Well, shit. <laughs> See, I knew we would be on the same page at some point, and I'm sure we're going to be much later as well. We're, we're oh, definitely oh. going to share one. I think oh, kind of... I'm on about our number ones are the same. Probably, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's a freaking given right there. Um, the who was the other Iron Man one you named besides Whiplash? Uh, Justin Hammer. Was that a uh, Sam Rockwell's character? Yes. Okay, I haven't seen Iron Man two in a long time. I watched it uh, actually just recently. Justin Hammer. Yeah. I need to rewatch that one. I don't know if I even still own that one or not. It's on Disney Plus, so. Yeah. So I guess I technically own it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I only had three honorable mentions. Okay, so what are your your honorable mentions? Um, first one was Andy Serkis as U- Ulysses Claw from Black Panther and Captain America Civil War, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. His first appearance. Uh, Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger from Black Panther. And this one's kind of a cheat, but he technically started as a villain in the MCU. Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier from Captain America Winter Soldier. Ooh, nice. I was wondering, like, should I, does it count? Like, technically, he is a villain in the Winter Soldier, so. He is, yes. And I think he's probably the best thing about that whole film, too. Hmm, I would agree. The only thing is, I wish we would have gotten. I wish we would have gotten more of Andy Serkis in the MCU. We don't get much of him in, it, in either movie, actually, that he's in. No, not really. I think we get a little more of him in Black Panther. Do we? Because I think he's only in like one scene of. Um, he's only in one scene of a uh, Civil War, but we get him in a few scenes in Black Panther. Yeah. I'll still remember that. I made it rain. <laughs> well, I guess we've had nothing else to chat about with honorable mentions. I think we can get to the top five. So Melissa, okay. Yeah. But, sorry. Sorry. I'm, the delay is throwing me off. <laughs> Um, also, who's your number five? Uh, my number five is uh, Obadiah Stane he's from Ooh. Iron Man. Um, nice. He's kind of he's he is sort of the a, a little bit of a, a generic kind of villain with kind of the you know because he's a greedy businessman, but he's you know he's a false father figure, but he's he's someone who you kind of believe is. Oh, like the the good person, and you know, like definitely, you know, yeah, the father figure for Tony, having you know, he lost his dad, so he's kind of that sort of 
fills the void of a father figure and somebody that, you know, he trusts and everything. And of course he, you know, um, has other plans, other ideas, of course, and has that other side of him that, you know, eventually gets, gets revealed. And, um, I just, I, I really enjoy the, that character and how he's just, you know, he's, he, he's got the, the, the good guy down pat and then he just can flick that switch and be the other person who's got, you know, the other plans. And, um, I do enjoy that, like the, the, when they have the fight in the film and he makes all that, that big suit thing and they go flying up and, and, you know, Tony says, you know, do you fix the freezing issue? He's like, what freezing issue? And then he falls to his death. You know, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> this is great. But, but yeah, I, I enjoy, enjoy that character. Cause you, he makes it, you, you, like I kind of said, like he makes you believe that he's, he's good. That always oh, just, you know, some guy, whatever, you know, and, but, but he's not. And, um, so yeah, I, I really, yeah, he's a, he's a good villain. I still remember That's they fun. made him try to make make him more like a uh, like a Lex Luthor type. Sort of, yeah, but and not it, as. It's been a while since I've seen the first Iron Man, but I seem to remember him being sort of almost like that, um, like a Lex Luthor type, and also went for that that surprise reveal villain, like they do in a lot of Disney films recently, where it's a surprise reveal for a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. Because it's not, you know, he he's, he, yeah, he kind of is like the very much sort of the, the Lex Luthor sort of type. Because he's, you know, pulling strings and whatever, but also having, you know, the just the, you know, the professional face on. And then, oh, he's behind it. He's pulling strings and making his plans and things like that. Um, but he's not as. I mean, he's he's not a, like as crazy as say like Alex Luthor or whatever, but he's kind of has that, you know. He's got some of the qualities. Yeah, I think I need to come back and rewatch some of these later, or those earlier uh, Marvel films. But no, mm-hmm. Iron Man's your guy. Yeah, still very much my guy. <laughs> As much as I'm like, yeah, DC, everything, and fuck Marvel and Iron Man, I'm like, oh, oh that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> fuck everybody but Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, um, yeah, Obadiah Stane. That's my number five. So, um, what's yours? Um... I'm ready to talk about him. I put Mickey Rourke is Whiplash from Iron Man 2. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think he was a very underrated villain, but I also don't think they used him very well. You know, that might be the problem why he's underrated, I think. Yeah. I would I would agree. Like I really I I really did enjoy him, but I think he was underutilized or used. And I think he he had that potential. 
Because I really think that's what you need to go up against Iron Man is you need somebody who can match him with smarts. Because without a doubt, next to Reed Richards and Bruce Banner, Tony Stark's one of the smartest people in the MCU. So you need somebody who can go stand toe-to-toe with him on an intellectual level. And, well, that's ironic. I I stuttered saying intellectual. (laughs) I said intellectual dumbingly or stupidly. Damn. (laughs) Wow. Talk much? I think they, they 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 set him up as being a very smart individual that could stand toe to toe with Tony Stark on an intellectual level, but it just seems like they something was missing from the puzzle and that they just didn't use it in the right way. So I think he kind of gets shuffled to the bottom of the list when it comes to Marvel villains. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I was, you know, looking up, you know, when I was I was doing my my little bit of homework making this list just to you know, refresh my brain on all these, these characters. And he came up in that in lists and they, they definitely, they were giving a lot of heat to Iron Man too. And also kind of seeing that having that same sentiment of, you know, like whiplash, like he was good, but he, you know, could have, could have, could have sort of been better, but, yeah, they, they sort of push him off to the side that little bit. And like I said, he had that potential to be even more than he was. But, I mean, I, he's still, for, for what it is, he was still good. And, you know, cool to see somebody who can, you know, stand that toe-to-toe with Tony. Because, like you say, he doesn't have anybody else. So... It's good to challenge him. And it, it can't it can always be a, a muscle. It can't always be muscle. Because I think if you're a muscle villain, you're going to beat Stark almost every time if he doesn't have the suit on. You know? Oh, absolutely, yeah. If you want to be a true threat to Iron Man, you have to be able to stand toe-to-toe with him on an intellectual level. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that word properly by the end of the episode, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the first try. <laughs> Um, cause I think back to like, there's lots of people that can stand toe toe with Batman on a physical level, but, and some that just do intellectual. Then you got guys like Bane who can get him on a physical and intellectual level. So mm. I think this was good to have somebody like whiplash that could use a little bit of his no wherewithal to stand toe to toe with Stark. Hmm. Exactly. And he's, and then like the other thing too, is that he's using, you know, he was using like the blueprints and stuff and using Stark technology against him. And all he wanted was his board. (laughs) I want my board. (laughs) (laughs) And they got Mickey Rourke, like peak Mickey Rourke too, because this is right around time he did the wrestler and, uh, yeah, uh, that was his big thing at that time was this and um, the wrestler. So there's starting to be a good comeback from Mickey Rourke about this time too. So yeah, once upon a time in Mexico was a little before this. But yeah, this was like a 
like a peak of uh, Mickey Rourke's comeback too. So, so it's kind of said they they underused him so much. Same with because uh, you had uh, Vigo Mortensen, not Vigo Mortensen. Fuck, you had uh, what's his name from Doctor Strange? Oh, uh, actor name? Yeah. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. Um, you had Mads Mikkelsen like in his peak too, and Doctor Strange, and he, I think even he was a little underused too. Um. I think I wish he would have been the main focus of uh, the main, main villain of Doctor Strange instead of Dramamu, because as much as I love that first Doctor Strange film, that Dramamu ending, like, he just annoyed, <laughs> he annoyed Dramamu into submission. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it was, it was funny, but it's also like, yeah, I, I really wish that, like, Kaikilius, Mads Mikkelsen's character would have been that main villain. I agree, because that for the time that he was in the film, like he was good. I really enjoyed it, but he he was a little underused. Yeah, we would have been a top ten. I think he definitely would have made the list, though. Yeah, absolutely. So, who is your number four? Uh, my number four. Is um, uh, Hela from uh, Thor Ragnarok? Interesting. Tell me more. <laughs> Again, seems to be a theme in our. <laughs> we're creating a theme in this episode that she was like, you know, creating her her army and everything, and you know, but. She was a little bit, I, although I haven't, I haven't seen the the movie in a in a in a minute, so forgive me if maybe I'm you know wrong about it. But I felt like she was a little bit, little bit underused. Where she, again, she had that potential to be like even more so. Um, but for the time that she was in the film and and what she did is just badass, especially like you know. Breaking uh, Molnir. Yeah. Oh, uh, honestly, all I can say right now about Hela is I'm not ready to talk about Hela yet. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Same page, the podcast. Yeah, really. <laughs> so that so okay, we're gonna probably have two, <laughs> two the same. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> I also realized, slight spoiler alert, that I've got two villains from the same movie. Ooh. So there you go. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed Helen and, and like Kate Blanchett playing the character is like just really awesome. I think she's badass. Um, you know, she she definitely played it very well. And yeah, I, I enjoyed her. I also would have accepted you picking Melissa McCarthy as fake Hella in Thor Love and Thunder. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. 
<laughs> that probably got the biggest laugh out of me of all of Thor Love and Thunder besides the look that um, Thor gives um, gives Star-Lord. <laughs> but Melissa McCarthy is stage hella got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, funny. So that is my that would be my number four. Um, who's yours? Well, my number four, I dipped into the TV show. Um, okay. TV shows. So I went with Catherine Hahn as Agatha Harkness from Wandavision. Oh, nice. It was Agatha all along. <laughs> I haven't. I've only seen Wandavision all the way through once, but I remember her being besides the concept of them going the route of all those different sitcoms and, and stuff for the layout of the show. I remember Catherine Hahn being one of my favorite parts of that show, and she's one of those people I genuinely enjoy everything she's in. Um, I also do love being the reveal of her being one of the, vil- the the big villain, I would say, for the whole show. And I do like that they gave her like a Munsters, um, they keep the, the theme of the show of all these different old sitcoms. And I love her reveal being more of a, her theme song being in the vein of the Munsters and the Addams Family. It's like huge bonus points for me. And I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, I think it's a mini series coming of Agatha Harkness. Oh, cool. But would have been nice to see her in Doctor Strange too also though, I think. Yeah. Because if you're going to include Scarlet Witch in, in Doctor Strange, too, then I think Agatha Harkness would be a good addition for it, too. Absolutely. Or at least tie her into a little more stuff in the MCU. Well, we shall see with all these phases going forward. Oh, yeah. There's, there's definitely, definitely a lot of possibilities, so... Who knows? There might be restructuring where they go with uh, not to not to talk bad about them, but with the trouble that uh, Jonathan Majors is in now, with Kang the Conqueror supposed to be the next big bad. Who knows what they're going to do now? What Marvel's going to do if they're going to recast or whatnot? Exactly. My doubt Agatha Harkness is the answer, but. Mm-hmm. It's not a character I know much about, but I'd definitely like to dig into her more. I'm guessing she's more DC's Enchantress. Yeah. Which I'll have to dig into some Agatha Harkness stuff, but hopefully outside of the show that she's getting, I hope we get to see her a little more in the universe, especially like a Doctor Strange tie-in or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be nice. I could, you know, some of these characters that you get, and it's just you'd, you'd hope that they would be, you know, used more, seen more in other things besides, like, obviously their main thing. So it would be really cool to see more of more of her. Yeah, and I can I can be honest. Uh, really, the only show I've seen all the way through is WandaVision. I I started Winter Soldier, Falcon, but it, there's just so much out there to keep up with everything. I mean, I only watched well, I watched part of WandaVision. I didn't see the whole thing. Um, 
Well, if it's not too spoilery, she gets revealed as being a bad guy half. Um, Two-thirds of the way through the show, I'd say she gets revealed. Yeah, I knew that, because it was only the uh, last couple episodes or something, I can't remember, but yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, I just I haven't watched any of the other Marvel shows, because like, there's just, there is so many, and then just uh, I'm already kind of in a, a web of shows I'm watching, so it's like, uh, I, I don't need any more to add on. <laughs> I'm way behind in DC shows, too, so it's, it's not like I'm playing favorites. I'm way behind, and I'm like, what, two seasons behind on The Flash, I think? Maybe three? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a whole season behind, at least one anyway. See, so you know, you know who you know who the the un- most unlikely person who is caught up is my mom. She's really? she's way ahead of of everybody on the Flash. Yeah, so so see, <laughs> listeners, I I I'm not playing favorites. I'm two seasons behind on Doom Patrol. I'm four, yeah, three and a half seasons behind on uh, the Flash. So yep. I don't play favorites. <laughs> no. See, see, even Doom Patrol. My mom is caught up, completely caught up on Doom Patrol. I'm like, in what universe? <laughs> she keeps telling me, "You need to watch. You need to watch," because she wants to talk about it, and I keep adding shows to watch and watching them, and you know. So maybe one day I'll get caught up. It's Earth A, but of course I mean E H. <laughs> wow! <laughs> a little bit of low-hanging fruit. <laughs> just, just a little bit. I pulled the low. I pulled the low-hanging maple leaf on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All in good fun, though. So that was my number four. Well, so what is your number three? Uh, my number three is, and it's like I had said, villain from the same movie. <laughs> I didn't realize that my, oh wait, <laughs> um, is uh, Grandmaster. Well, Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, and Thor, from Thor Ragnarok. I, I enjoy that he's the, like he kind of tries to be like this sort of, you know, down to earth, kind of hippie type, kind of, you know, sort of out there kind of dude. But he's really this, you know, manipulator and someone who just, you know, he, he's the manipulator, he's the controller, he's the distractor because he's basically using, you know, the these championship battles to distract people. And to, you know, make him look good and, you know, all that kind of thing. And, um, you know, and of course, like, you know, in the movie, Thor basically, you know, reveals him as who he is, who he actually is. But uh, I thought he was, in the, in the movie, I thought he was fun. I really, you know, I, I quite enjoyed him. Well, in the end, he's just... Uh... 
He's just a big politician. <laughs> yeah. Get your politics out of my Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen Thor Ragnarok once, and that was quite recently, but I did enjoy Jeffrey Goldblum, and he's an actor that does not turn in a bad performance. No, absolutely not. And I mean, I know the movie gets it gets a little bit of a little bit of heat from some people, but I absolutely loved the movie. Like I had so much fun with it. Like it's just you know, I thought it was a lot of fun, but then I think I went in with you know, zero expectations. I just went in to enjoy it, and I did. And I just you know, I really loved the, the characters, and then, um, yeah, I loved um, Jeff Goldblum's performance. And, I mean, he never phones it in on anything, honestly. The, the dude's great. I agree, and I was, ex- I was excited to see him in that, too. He was definitely a highlight of that film for me. But I'll tell you what was a bigger thrill for me. It's my number three. Yeah. Kate Blanchett is hella. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> while while we're on the subject of the movie, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might as well just drop it in there. <laughs> it seems like with Jeffrey Goldblum's character, she kind of gets pushed to the background. I mean, she still plays a, a vital part in it, but. I haven't. I don't remember Thor: The Dark World as well, but uh, it would have been nice if they would have teased her a little bit sooner. I think. Yeah. Made her a bigger deal. Made her made, with her being a, a third child of of uh, Odin. I feel like she should have been played up more than what she was. I don't know. I haven't seen it every single fucking post post credit scene that Marvel's ever done. So. Maybe maybe she was like the fourth post. Maybe a tease for her was like a fourth post credit scene behind something. <laughs> I just don't remember it. But um, I really think it'd be cool if they would have played her up just a little more, made her a bigger deal. I really think I really think um, the deal with Ragnarok should have been a bigger threat for Thor than uh, dealing with uh, Jeff Goldblum's character. Exactly. I think I think they I agree that they should have definitely used like teased her a little more and just showed that okay, she's gonna be, you know, a potential threat down the line at you know, at some point. Like here she is, you get kind of a a quick glimpse, a quick sense of her, and then you know, see her again later on as you know, the th- main threat. And like I said, she was very much you know, a little bit underused because, again, she had that, like, potential to be that more. And I think she would have been that more, like you said, like, if they would have teased her earlier. Yeah, she, she, she's, she's the reason why they have to leave Asgard, right? So. Oh, exactly, yeah. So I think she should have been the main focus. And no, no, no shade against... I know they wanted to throw some Planet Hulk in there and have Goldblum's character in there, but... As big as an event this was, I think they should have focused more on uh, Hella. 
I agree. Yeah, and I also, because of her, I do love that uh, that meme that came out right around the time of the trailer for this, where it showed her catching Mjolnir and then showing Bucky catching the shield and says, if you were eyeshadow in the MC, you can catch anything that anybody throws at you. Mm-hmm. Still one of my favorite comic book memes to this day. Yeah. So pretty much all Thor Ragnarok for our number threes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Melissa, what was your number two? Uh, my number two is uh, Red Skull. So which Red Skull? Are you going Hugo Weaving or are you going uh, Ross Marquand from uh, Endgame? Uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, OG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, like, I mean, his performance was great. I think he, he really, you know, brought that character to life and got got a good sense of that character. Because, like, I didn't really, um, you know, kind of going like not really knowing much about the the character or whatever, but you definitely get a good sense of him and that he's, you know, like yeah, he he's he wants to be the superior man and everything, and you know, obviously being you know the confidant of Adolf Hitler, he was obviously very influenced by him, and you know, to be the the superior person and everything, and you know, creating Hydra and you know. And I mean, even, you know, him taking the, the serum and it, you know, you could sort of look at it as a failure, but I also don't think so because he ultimately gained that little bit more power. And, um, but yeah, I, I really thought his, his character was good. Yeah, I, I agree. And of the three big comic book films that came out in 2011, so Captain America, the first Avenger, Thor and Green Lantern over in DC. Uh, Captain America was my favorite, and I I did love Hugo Weaving's uh, Red Skull too in that film. So good, and I really wish would I really wish he would have came back for the um, Endgame. Was was it Endgame or was it Infinity War? Endgame, I think. Yeah, it was Endgame. Or was it both? Because. Because doesn't Thanos sacrifice uh, Gamora in uh, Infinity War to get the st- yeah. yeah he has to sacrifice yes. Gamora to get the stone so yes yeah so getting getting Hugo Weaving uh, it would have been cool to get Hugo Weaving back I think even for such a small spot but I um I really wish that that's another villain I wish they could have done more with too with Captain America was use more Red Skull like till we got few glimpses of them in Endgame and Infinity War, but it would be nice to like ha- keep Captain Marvel's big bat around. Like Batman has his Joker. Captain America needs his Red Skull. Absolutely. I think I think a lot of characters, you know, they you you have a character that's so um 
What's the, what's the word? I don't know. That's that's like a, a stronger character or somebody who can, you know, potentially, you know, best the character. I think always sort of needs to be around. Like someone you, you can't really get rid of. He's you know, the most synonymous with... Uh, yes, that's it. See, now people are listening at home. Like, how come he got synonymous on the first try but didn't get intellectual? <laughs> <laughs> Words. <laughs> Oh, too much Taco Bell, I think, before recording. <laughs> yeah, every every hero has their big bad, and Captain Absol- America is the Red Skull. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, why couldn't he have been frozen in the same ice as Cap, you know? But I guess they found a way to bring him back as, was it the Soul Stone? That he was guarding? Yeah. yeah. So I guess they found a way to bring him back. Yeah. I still say, why not freeze him, though? <laughs> yeah. And, and for 2011, the makeup looked good on Hugo Weaving, too. So he did look a lot like the Red Skull from the comics, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, he did. So much that some guy was down in South America got surgery to look like him. That's. Yeah, black eyeballs and everything. Oh. That's dedication. Yeah. Especially getting part of your nose removed. Yeah. More power to you, bro. <laughs> oh. Absolutely. So, what is your number two? My number two is another one you already mentioned, and it's Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher from uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Nice. He's actually what, like I said, it, this is the guy that inspired this episode. It's his performance was so damn good to fit the theme that we've been talking about. I wish they used him more in this movie because he's so damn good. He's so damn good. And from what I hear, he filmed like an extra hour of stuff for the film that didn't get used. I mean, his story arc in the film is so like, it's unbelievable. He he the gods did not spare him or his daughter, so he's pissed off and wants to start killing him. I'm like it. It fits. It's such a good story arc, and we didn't get much of it. Like I know. Go ahead. Well, Thor: Love and Thunder is not a great movie. I still enjoyed it, but like less scenes of the stupid screaming goats and like more of Gore the God Butcher. Like especially that scene. Where he pops up in the cage full of kids, he just comes out of nowhere and scares the shit out of him. He's he's like in full creepy mode right there. I'm sitting there like, holy shit, Christian Bale is amazing as this character. It's it seems to be like we we've really created a, an unintentional theme here where a lot of these 
you know, villains that we like are just so, have been so underused. And I feel like that's, uh, like, I'm not really throwing shade at, at Marvel, but it just sort of seems like they have these opportunities. They have these characters with so much potential, and they don't really, they don't take that and run with it. You know, they they go for the, it's it's very Marvel. They go for the the lighthearted funny instead of sort of diving that little bit deeper into the character. Like very much like you know Gore the God Butcher. Like he has quite an amazing, you know, quite a good story arc, a solid one, and that could have been explored so much more. But no, they went for Screaming Goat, like. I I don't I don't think it's so much that they because they chose to go lighthearted. It's more it's somewhere like some would of uh, an issue that um, DC learned early on, like starting with Batman Returns, is having two villains at the same time. Yeah. So you look at Penguin and Catwoman, then Max Shrek, and then you got Riddler and Two Face, and then. Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, and Bane. So somewhere along the line, one villain's gonna fall fall to the wayside while the other villain gets the focus. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think Christian Bale's Gore the God Butcher had a really compelling story arc that I think should have been explored more in. Yeah, I, I don't disagree that. Yeah, so you, I see you want to you want to go into the Jane Thor thing more, but maybe you should if you want to focus it on that much. Maybe you should have gone. Maybe you should have used a lesser, a smaller villain then, or have a less important B plot if you're going to focus on Gore the God Butcher. If you want to focus on this guy killing the gods, then have a smaller subplot to the film. Or if you're going to make the Jane and Thor relationship the big focus, then maybe you need to have a smaller villain. Absolutely. Because like if you have you know, two fairly strong stories, it's just not really going to work. And I mean... They they are, you know you've you've you kind of have to pick, you know one or the other. You can't really have both, like you said. It's just have one's got to be the lesser story, and then you got to have that main one. And I, I really wish that you know Gore the God Butcher would have been that little bit more, and then have your your lesser one because then you know really get to dive into him and who he is that little bit more and all the you know, stuff that he does. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, too, but wasn't getting Christian Bale a huge thing for Marvel, too? It was. Because he, he was Batman forever, and now, now he's in the Marvel MCU. That, you know, them being getting that huge of a get would have been that immediate, let's really, you know, focus on, on him and his character. But, oh, well. I'd like to hope, I have Thor Love Thunder in Blu-ray, so I'll have to say if they have, like, a whole bunch of deleted scenes with him in it, because he's just, 
he was so damn good in all of his scenes, even at the choice at the end where he chooses to, uh, well, I think Jane essentially gives the choice to sacrifice herself for his daughter. Yeah. Or he chooses to sacrifice himself for his daughter, I think is what it is. Yeah. To have that, to have this big of a storyline, but not put as much focus on it, because we have to show Chris Hemsworth ass yeah. in front of all the gods, and then we have to show the screaming goats the whole time, or have the love triangle between Thor, Mjolnir, and Stormbreaker. <laughs> of all these things to be focusing on, like I said, maybe if this is going to be your if you're gonna have, if you're gonna focus on Jane and Thor's the lo- uh, thing story, maybe have a smaller villain. If you want to focus on something huge like this, like somebody killing all the gods, then maybe have a smaller side story. You know. I also would have loved more Guardians in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in this movie too. But I'm neither here nor there in that. Yeah. Well, I think the time has come for our number ones, and I think I know what your number one is. Well, would you, would you like to reveal it? Well, I'm going to say our number ones are Kurt Russell's Eagle from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It most definitely is. <laughs> Without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> for me, as soon as I made this, saw this list, I'm like, as much as Gore, as much as Christian Bale was the inspiration for this episode, it was always Kurt Russell. And right now, everybody at home is turning off their podcast because we did not say Thor or Loki once. Nope. I mean, we did not say Loki or Thanos once. Uh, my my goal was not to pick what everybody else would pick. You know what I mean? Like it would be oh Thanos and Loki and all that stuff. I'm like no, I don't want any. I don't want any of them. <laughs> and they will say like, not that they're bad, but they just seem too obvious. Yes. Absolutely. No. Time for us to be honest here, Melissa. How much of your decision of Kurt Russell being number one has to do with your love for Kurt Russell? Oh, it has a lot to do with it. (laughs) 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 But I really did, like, I really do enjoy that character because he, he really... His character, he he lulls. I mean, he kind of lulls everybody into this false sense of security. Like, oh, everything is fine, everything is good, and you know, look what I created, and and all the all the good things that I've done. And then, you know, it's obviously revealed that, you know, what he did to, um, you know, his, I guess it. Were they married? 
Uh, Her Lord's mother? Yeah. I don't think so. I think they were just together. Okay. Um, But, like, what he did to to Peter's mother, he essentially killed her. You know, by, you know, putting a tumor in her and essentially killing her. And, you know, because he, because, you know, she couldn't, I can't remember, there was, like, whatever the, the reasoning was, but, you know, that he's got that, that dark side to him. And it's just, it was something that, you know, you kind of, I don't know, kind of sort of didn't see coming, but it was also, it was there. That's like, okay, there's, there's something a little bit, you know, off about, about him. Um, but it's just, it's so damn good. And, you know, and I just, I, I really enjoyed, you know, how he was portrayed and how, you know, and then just, I, I have such a love for Kurt Russell. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the man. <laughs> it's hard not to love Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kev, I think my man crush on him has a lot to do with it, but he played it so damn good. It's not, uh, but it's not like the slam and any other villains leading up to him, but he was just so damn good at it. Like it was definitely a role written for Kurt Russell. I'm sure other guys could have done it, but it's such a delightfully Kurt Russell uh, performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And much like you were just talking about there, it, um, him having to essentially kill Peter's mother. It's it's a lot like Thanos. He's almost like Thanos on a smaller scale. He has this grand plan to redo the universe in his image. And um, it's something he had to do. And the fact that he, you know, he tries to, you know, convince Peter to join him. Star Lord, whatever you want to call him, uh, to join him, and because he's got that power as well, and you know, to kind of manipulate him into be like, oh, look at what you can do, look what you can create, and you know, let's, you know, um, improve that. Let's make it make that power that you have stronger, and and then obviously everything else is revealed, and it's just, yeah, he. It's just done so well. Like he just slowly, you know, sort of unwraps the layers. Ogres in Marvel movies are like onions. They have layers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You knew where I was going with that. <laughs> yep, I did. I'm like, oh, wait for it. <laughs> I'm setting them up. <laughs> well. Um, have you have you have you seen the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? Yes. So so we are getting like quote unquote lasting effects of ego too with that the reveal that Mantis is also a child of ego. So I guess that's the way we're we get ego living on through uh, Mantis and Peter's relationship as brother and sister now. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good, such a good. Has I haven't seen I haven't seen every Marvel movie, so have we had any other 
Celestials used in the Marvel Universe? Because I thought I heard they were being used in uh, the Eternals. Maybe, but I I'm not entirely sure because I'm not I'm not familiar with the Eternals, so I don't know. I thought I thought I heard that Celestials were being used in there too. Maybe. I really wish there was a way they could have brought bring Ego back, but with the last film coming out of the series, I doubt it. But plus, Kurt Russell's also retired from acting too, so. Big sad. Dare you retire? <laughs> I no. think he's earned. I think he's earned it. Oh, absolutely, he has. Definitely. I mean, he's fought aliens in Antarctica. He helped Goldie Hawn get her memory back. <laughs> he saved Donald Pleasance in New York. Yeah. <laughs> he's 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 done his job. <laughs> I think he can I think he had to fight off a bunch of stunt women. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's done more than his I think he's I think he's earned it. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I think Kurt Russell without a doubt, number one. Like this is before even Paz Liz, like he he's been my number one since then. Like it's not it's not that Josh Brolin was bad, it's not that Tom Hiddleston was bad, it's he was Kurt Russell was just so damn entertaining as ego. Yeah, absolutely. He he really is. Like he just he's I, I can't you know, I'm I'm sure there were other actors, but he just pulls that off so well, and it really becomes his character. Like you just you can't see anybody else playing that role. Like it would just be weird. I'm sure the guys people could do it, but I think it's just the way it was. I could always just see Kurt Russell in my mind doing it, just the way it portrayed and, and given to us mm-hmm. like there's there's only one kurt russell yep um i really think he's probably one actor that gets left in the wayside when it comes to marvel performance mc performances just because guardians of the galaxy volume 2 is not that highly reviewed I don't say he gets left in the shuffle like Whiplash or um, who was the villain of the first Guardians, Ronan the Accuser. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like he gets left in that kind of wayside, but it just seems like he. I, don't, I, don't, I think he should rank a lot higher than he actually does in the MCU. So is there any? Uh, so there, there was a couple, couple I had a hard time with. So, were you, at any point were you thinking Yondu at any point? Because he was one I was always considering. But like, is he really a bad guy? Or is he just more of an antagonist? Antagonist. He's not. He he's not a bad guy because I mean, like, when you look at, you know, 
he he dies and you know they they kind of have the the send off for him and you have everybody come back for it and it shows that yeah they they might have they they disagreed or they whatever but they still had that respect for him and if he was a truly bad guy you wouldn't have that right you wouldn't you wouldn't have people you'd have people cheering you'd have people happy about it but they weren't they came back and they were you know there to to send him off and you know he he had that respect with them and so yeah he's he's not a villain he he's i've never looked at him as a villain he's just you know a guy that that likes to cause shenanigans that's that's what he is he's <laughs> hey, <laughs> but he's not exactly. bad because we did an episode like episode top like 10 move marvel moments that make you cry yeah, yondu's yeah. death number one hands down oh god yeah that just yeah, you know i even you know like i haven't watched it for a minute but i, I bet you like anything i would cry watching it even now like i still it's such a such an emotionally powerful moment <laughs> But uh, it, it, there was there was once I was kicking around like I I, I debated using Bucky I'm like eh. well but I go well his first well technically Bucky's first appearance is not a villain he's just Bucky but in the 40s yeah but uh, his, like his first appearance is the Winter Soldier he's a villain um I I had the same thing uh, like one of my favorite performances in the Marvel Universe I didn't even mention that it was uh, Benicio del Toro as uh, the Collector. Mm-hmm. Also, not really a villain, just sort of like an antagonist. Yeah. Not even it's a big antagonist, even. It's even these, yeah, these ones that you're, you know, you're mentioning. I thought the same thing because I was like, well, they're not really, they aren't really villain. Like, yeah, they may have started out that way or whatever, or you know, you, just because maybe they they aren't doing the. You know, not necessarily on the good side that they're, you know, a villain, but they're just, you know, they're they're not, yeah. So. You got, um, just head on my head. Oh, Scarlet Witch and, uh, Scarlet Witch and, um, Doctor Strange 2. And she's technically the villain in that film. Yeah. Kate Olsen's performances have really been Elizabeth Olsen. Sorry, too many Olsons. Um, Elizabeth Elizabeth Olsen's uh, performances kind of touch and go for me in the MCU. But and like for example, I I don't really hate James Spader in Ultron. Like I don't hate Ultron personally. But oh well, chick. On the topic of Scarlet Witch, on the topic of Age of Ultron, Scarlet Witch is introduced as a villain too. Yeah. It's Quicksilver. Yeah. Um. Like I don't hate um James Spader's performance of um, Ultron, but I just didn't like that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great at all. Or um, 
Well, you haven't seen Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania yet, have you? No, I haven't. And I don't reveal, I won't spoil one of those villain reveals for you in that one. <laughs> um, another good one is I, I didn't I didn't think of mentioning is Baba Yaga from uh, or that what was her actual name? Oh, I call her Baba Yaga from uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. She was good too. Yeah. Like with this coming up, like with Guardians Three coming up, I'm, I'm anticipated. I'm eager to see uh, Will Poulter gives us as Adam Warlock, and I don't know who the other big bad in this either is, but my microphone's so powerful you can hear my phone vibrate. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what, uh, what Will Poulter gives us as uh, Adam Warlock. That he looks good in all gold. I wonder if we're gonna get more of. The, I wonder if we're gonna get any of the actual Sovereign in there. Because that's like one of the subplots I did enjoy of Guardians Two was the Sovereign. Yeah. And with Guardians Three coming, I'm excited to see what else we get. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because like this is the like the final one of of things so it's just it'll be interesting where they where they go with it and how they um sort of end things so yeah. that not uh, Batista say he's done with Drax? I think so, yeah. And plus James Gunn's coming to our side of the pool. Yep. Oh, he, he's fully on our side now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm excited for what Guardians 3 is going to give us, I think. I want to, you know, I've been really avoiding a lot of things about it because I, I don't, I don't want to know anything. I just want to go in and enjoy it, you know? Like, it, I'm treating it very much like you know, very much like the Batman where I didn't want to know a damn thing. Like saw the, the trailer and whatever, but that was it. And, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of doing the same with this where I don't want to really know anything. I just want to go in and enjoy the movie. So I've really tried to get in a habit of only watching the first trailer. Yeah. So I've done that with, I tried that with Shazam and got Wonder Woman's appearance and it spoiled for me by the second trailer. I may try to avoid the second Flash trailer if I can, but just came out recently at the time of this recording. I think I've only seen one trailer, maybe one teaser for Guardians 2. Well, plus they say you need to watch the holiday special to get caught up on things too. But, um, yeah, I've really become to that point where I only try to watch at least the first trailer. Because sometimes with that second trailer, you get too much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry if you haven't seen Shazam 2 yet. <laughs> no, I'm... I've got so many movies I want to see, but I have not made the effort to go and see them yet. So, it's fine. Yeah, gals in, the tra- gals in the trailer for Shazam 2. 
I just got home from the airport <laughs> and my dad turned the TV on and it's a trailer for Shazam 2 and I look and turn there's Gal Gadot and god damn it <laughs> <laughs> like god damn it my DC then you, I think I even texted you too I'm like fuck <laughs> clearly did not learn from the doomsday reveal in BVS oh <laughs> Oh well, and I, I, got, I guess revealing Gal in the trailer is not as bad as revealing Doomsday. But. Yeah. I don't think they've shown us Mark Hamill in uh, the Guardians trailers yet, so which that's nice. So I know Mark Hamill was cast. Yeah. So they haven't used him yet. So that that the fact that the, I think the Guardians films have been my favorite. Films so far in the MCU. Already bought my ticket, but you just can you just guaranteed me my ticket on casting Mark Hamill. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm kind of glad they're in it there too. I wouldn't mind seeing them do like something with the Ravagers or something after that, but this this rendition of the Guardians, I'm kind of glad it's ending here because. They've had a good run. It, it doesn't seem like anybody could do the same that James Gunn has done. Like, yeah, Taika's, Taika Waititi's put his spin on the Thor films, which has been eh, to some people. Yeah. Like some people love what he's done with Ragnarok and Love and Thunder. A lot of people do not. Mm. Not saying anybody's wrong either way. Yeah. Like I said, do really neat. Could have used more, more go or the god to put your last screaming goats. I agree. I have the same complaint about Thor: Love and Thunder as I do with uh, the 2018 Grinch film. Less screaming goats. Oh. <laughs> screaming goats are funny once, not more than once. Yeah. About 5,000 times over. Then it gets really annoying. Yeah. So we want to run by our top fives again? Or we want to run through our list again? Yeah. Just one second. So, Melissa, what was your list? Uh, my list was... It started with... Um, Obadiah Stane. From Iron Man. Uh, the first one. And oh, that was my my number five. Uh, my number four was Hela, and it was from Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Grandmaster again from Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Red Skull Johann Schmidt, and that was played by Hugo Weaving. Uh, and then mine. Oh, that was my number two. And see, I'm getting my numbers and words wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my number absolute number one was Ego, and that was from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. And your honorable mentions? Oh yeah, my honorable mentions was uh, Whiplash, uh, Kakilius, Justin Hammer, and Gore the God Butcher. Nice. Mm. 
Well, my top five was uh, Whiplash from Iron Man 2, Agatha Harkness from WandaVision, Hela from Thor Ragnarok, Gore the God Butcher from Thor Love and Thunder. Um, much like you, Birds of a Feather flock together. My number one was Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. With my honorable mentions being Ulysses Claw from Black Panther and Captain America Civil War. Uh, the Winter Soldier from Captain America Winter Soldier. And Killmonger from Black Panther. Nice. And everybody's complaining because we did not say Loki or Thanos. <laughs> oh, the ultimate goal was not to pick the obvious ones. Yeah. I'm almost wondering if, like, maybe picking Kang the Conqueror would have been a bad taste, too. But Jonathan Majors was good in that. Mm-hmm. We're not here to discuss that, to speak ill of the man, whatever he may have done. Yeah. Yeah, there you have it. That's our, that's our top five MCU villain performances. We did something Marvel. <laughs> yeah, look at this go. <laughs> <laughs> Who hates Marvel now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, our next episode, we're going to be staying in the Disney sandbox. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking some Muppets next time. So that'll be fun. We do love us some Muppets. Maybe we need to do like a third episode do, having to do with Disney after that. <laughs> we could get like a trifecta going of Yeah, really. Of Disney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we love yeah, we, we, we love the Muppets, so that'll be a fun time. Looking forward to that one. That'll that'll be a fun one. Yeah, so it's gonna be a review and an, it's gonna be a review and another pitch party like we usually do. Yeah. Those are always fun. Mm-hmm. Should almost invite Craig and Craig on again, see if we can knock it out of the park again. Yeah. Or Andy. Andy as well. Yeah, exactly. Andy, Scott, Philip, Scotty, Craig, they're all great oh, at great. pitching stuff. Yeah. Movie <laughs> fun. Mm-hmm. Muppets are one of my first loves. Yeah. But um, also, where can the listeners keep up with you if they choose? Well, they can keep up with me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my Instagram is uh, MissMelissaN25. It's all lowercase, nothing fancy. Um, I haven't really posted too much on there lately. Um, but for the most part, it's nature pictures. It's... Uh, maybe a random meme or two. It's a whole bunch of just random shenanigans. So uh, if you like that kind of stuff, then you can definitely follow me on there. Uh, and like I said, you can also follow me on Twitter. And for the f- first time, for the last time, for the 5,000th time, I <laughs> changed my Twitter handle to make it easier because even I was getting like, no, I don't like this. Even to say it on the podcast was like, no. <laughs> uh, so my new Twitter handle is just simply melmel underscore N. So really simple. And um, yeah, you can follow me on there for all the stuff that I 
post on there. And you know what that means? Jared has to change the show notes again. <laughs> yeah. You do. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, where can they find you, Jared? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. Uh, I don't yeah, also I don't do a lot of plays anymore. I just do videos for the shows. But uh, you can catch pictures of my cats when I get to see them for four days a month. <laughs> or right now it's hockey playoffs, so I have a lot of hockey stuff on social media. And you can also find me. You can follow on what I'm watching in the theater on uh, Letterboxd at a uh, Jared. It's under my name, Jared Boots. So I need more followers on uh, Letterboxd. Somebody has to appreciate my four and a half stars or four stars for Winnie the Pooh blood and honey. God damn it. <laughs> I believe I also gave four stars four to Renfield, Renfield too. too. Oh yeah. But, uh, as a podcast as a whole, you can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at nerd nations podcast. And be sure to send us an email of what your five favorite MCU villain performances have been at nerd nations podcast at gmail.com. Want to keep listening to us as a podcast? Uh, you can find us on our home at Podbean. Uh, you can find us on now. What's the other Podchaser? Is that right? Yeah, Podchaser. Pod That's one of the new ones. Spoilers. Yep. <laughs> Save I the big one for last. <laughs> yes, I always seem to to forget that one. So, you know, bear with me on that one. Um, yeah, our home at Podbean. Uh, you can find us on Podchaser. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and also iHeartRadio. And saving the best for last, uh, we finally, uh, we are now on Spotify. Bobby, wow, we're a big podcast now. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, uh, we can almost say you can find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts because where we are so um on any one of those platforms uh be sure to leave a rating and a review we greatly appreciate it and it allows us to be a little bit more noticed within the podcast community and obviously you know for listeners to find us don't worry we're coming for you (laughs) (laughs) uh and be sure to stay tuned to those feeds because the next time we get together like I said, we're staying in the Disney sandbox. We're going to talk some Muppets next time. So there are a lot of villains in the real world and in the fantasy world, but some of them aren't always as good as Kurt Russell. <laughs> a lot of them are bad people that make this world a terrible and scary place. But the best way we can get through all this is to be excellent to each other. Third on, dudes. See you next time. The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. This audio is made with Audio Toolkit for Windows Store, downloaded for free now.